Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Everyone say contagious. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of John chapter 20. And as you're turning there, I'm going to read to you after that out of the book of Acts chapter 4. So John chapter 20, what's taking place is Jesus has been crucified. The Roman government has crucified Jesus and uh, they, they hung him on a cross. They executed him like, like much like a modern day uh, electric chair or lethal injection. In the Roman government, the cross was used in order to execute people. It was a public forum. It was something that they used to as a deterrent. The Romans were so good at, at killing people and they did it in a manner that would keep that person alive for the longest time possible while suffering the greatest uh, suffering that they could experience. And they would line the streets that led into Rome with these crosses that if you even had a thought of coming against the Roman government, as you came into the city, whether it be Jerusalem or Rome, they would line the streets with the criminals that they executed. And they left their bodies up there for even the crows and the the, the birds to eat them so it would be a deterrent to anyone that wanted to rise up against them. They They were... excellent at this and when they crucified Jesus the disciples are scared to death John chapter 20 verse 19 says that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors someone say locked doors you only lock your doors when you're trying to keep something out because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders now I'm going to read to you now same group of people Acts chapter 4 now when the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men, someone say ordinary, with no special training in scriptures, and they also recognized, say recognized, as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see that the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing they could say. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I I want you to see what's going on here. I'm going to be quick this morning, but I want you to see what's taking place here. There's a there's about a two month gap between the scripture in the book of John that we read and the scripture we read in the book of Acts. These guys go from hiding out in fear about the Roman government coming to, to, to crucify them the same way they did to Jesus that now just about. Fifty days later, these very men are now standing in front of the very people that crucified Jesus and they're standing there with boldness, refusing to turn away or denounce who Jesus was. Something happened. What took place between John chapter 20 and Acts chapter 4? There was something that took place. These events that happened literally transformed history. They went from hiding in fear to standing boldly before the very people that had executed their master. I want you to see something that happens here. The Roman government killed Jesus because Jesus claimed to be king. And and Caesar could not allow another king to live because in the Roman government there's only one king and so for Jesus to say that he was a king they had to crucify him and when they crucified him I want you to see what happens here the persecution of Christians how many of you have ever heard about the persecution of Christians 
You ever hear about that? That's going on today. We see, they say there have been more Christians killed today than even in those early days. But the, what was going on, the first persecution happened with Christians when the Emperor, uh, Emperor Nero, how many remember historically Nero? Nero would literally, they, they, were, they blamed them for the burning down of Rome. And so Nero went on this quest to literally destroy Christianity. Rumor says that he would dip Christians in in tar, tie them up on posts in in his garden, and he would light them on fire in order to light up his garden at night. He would would put them in the Colosseum and wrap wrap babies of of Christian families in, in animals, sew them up, throw them out there, and then release lions on those carcasses to eat not only the animal, but the children inside them, all for them to denounce who Jesus was. But something I want you to understand happens here. This persecution that took place, this persecution that was so blatant, now if you go to Rome, something is different that takes place there. What they persecuted, they now promote. What they tried to destroy, they actually developed. No, no, you're not, you're not hearing me. I need you to capture what's going on. They were killing Christians, but now, when, for those of you that have gone to Rome, when you walk around Rome, what do you see all over the place? Crosses. Crosses are everywhere. Now, and some would say, well, they're, they're, they use crosses for execution. They didn't put crosses up. That would be like us going to, to Washington, D.C. and seeing electric chairs all over the place. That's not why the crosses are up today. Because now the, the, the main religion of the very nation that tried to wipe out Christianity, Christianity became their very religion. What am I telling you? Is that the early church had something about them. They were so contagious that even when people tried to kill them, people ended up joining them. You, you got to capture this. Because something happened, the early church was so magnetic that people that even tried to kill him, like the Apostle Paul, he found himself going out to kill these people. He eventually became part of them. I want you to know that the church, something happened between what happened in the book of Acts to where we stand here in 2019, that the church somewhere, we've lost it. We have become more concerned with religion than about having an encounter with Jesus. These people had had such an encounter with God. You see, I need you to understand that your faith isn't just part of your belief. Faith is a foundation for everything you do. Faith tells me how to live my marriage, how to run my finances, how to run my business. Without your faith, your faith isn't just one of the five F's. It's the one F that builds everything else around it. The church has become more known for what we're against than what we're for. And we become repellent rather than contagious. In the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how we become contagious once again. So it's an environment. The, the, the presence of God. Did you feel that just recently when Troy was leading worship? Some of y'all walked in here. You had no desire to really, you're just here, you had no desire to really, you're just peeking in, you had no desire to, to worship God or really to, to seek God, but the environment, yeah. Yeah. the atmosphere, yeah. 
drew you in. On, on a negative note, let me put it to you this way. You see the riots that took place in Watts? Remember when all the racial tension was going on? When, when, when the, uh, the, the, um, the cops were acquitted of beating um, Rodney King. The, the riots, there were good people looting. Because the atmosphere changed. People that had no desire to be criminals ended up getting caught up in the hysteria of the situation that you had, you had mothers walking into stores and walking out with televisions. It, it, cha it changes, atmosphere changes you. Atmosphere has a way of changing who you are. You get in the wrong atmosphere. You get around the wrong crowd. A riot will develop. You start cussing. You start throwing things. You get caught up in the atmosphere. I need you to understand that there is an atmosphere that we get when we walk into the presence of God that has the ability to take you from one level and get you to another. It has the ability to get you to act a man in a manner that you weren't planning on acting. It has an, a, an ability to make you become generous, to make you become forgiving to make you be loving that you might want to hold it against your wife but somehow when you find yourself in the atmosphere of the presence of God all you can release is forgiveness Amen. something happened to these guys in the early church in fact if you walk into the Roman Colosseum today as you're walking in through what they call the emperor's gate you're going to see this In the very stadium that they would kill Christians, the emperor's gate, as you're walking in, you'll see the cross. Not as a symbol of execution, but a symbol of faith. How did this church go from being persecuted to promoted? How did they become so contagious? How did these men that were hiding in fear become so strong how did this institution that was persecuted go to promoted? I want you to see in Acts chapter 4, just what I read to you. I'm going to close in a moment, so stay with me. In Acts chapter 4, John, John and Peter are walking into the temple to pray. They're walking into the temple to what? To pray. They haven't prayed yet. They're walking into the temple to pray. There's a lame man at the door looking to get a kick down. Break me off, break me off a little piece of something. You know, I can't work, I'm lame, and so this, this is, you're, you're going to pray, so some generosity here, man. Peter and John walk up, and Peter, Peter and John look at him, and he tells the guy that's asking for money, says, look at me. Come on. This brother's like, I'm about to get hooked up. <laughs> Waiting for him to do that lean to reach for the wallet. He goes, look at us. And the lame man looks up at Peter and John. And then Peter says something to him. Silver and gold have we none. If I'm the lame man, I'm okay, brother, just keep it moving. You're, you're blocking real customers here. I need to get hooked up by someone that has something to give me. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get some money here, and you're, you're blocking the way here. But Peter tells him, silver and gold have we none. But that which we have, mm -hmm. someone say that which I have, that which I, have. I, give you. I give unto you. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up. And he grabs. Now, now, notice this. This blows me away. 
He, do, he doesn't wait for, you know, this is a step of faith. You're talking about a, a lame man. He reaches down and grabs him and just pulls him. Imagine if he doesn't get healed. He's dragging this dude, come on. That's a step of faith, but I love what he says here. Silver and gold, but that which I have, there's a principle. You can't give what you don't have. Say it again, Pastor. You, you can't give what you don't have. And we are living in a time where we got a world that's lame. And all we do is keep throwing money at issues instead of telling them in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. We need to start prophesying. We need to start raising. We need to start declaring over a lame generation and begin to grab them by the hand and give them a hand up so that they can get to what it is that God has for them. I need you to grab a hold of this. If they had had money, they would have just reached down and said, oh, you know what? By the way, I need to... Gave it to your brothers already. I forgot to give it to you. Here you go. Notice he gives it to mom right away. It's my godson and I miss their birthdays. So I'm just uh, catching up here. Catching up here. And so I want you to understand if, 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 if Paul, Peter and John had had money, they would, they would have given them some money and walked away. And the guy would have gotten a meal for the day but he still would have been lame. It's time that we start looking at the real need of those around us. Now, when they raise him up, I need you to see what happens. Again, I'm going to close in a moment, so stay with me. The rulers thought that when they killed Jesus that they had ended their problem. They didn't realize what they did is they actually duplicated it. That all these men that were hiding out in fear had an encounter with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And all of a sudden, these guys came out like gangsters. They came out and they are, they're, they're speaking the word of God. They're declaring, hey, that you, can, you can kill me. You can knock me down. You can do whatever. But you know what? I saw this man walk on water. I saw him open blind eyes. I saw the deaf hear. I saw the dead raised. And I even saw him hanging on a cross, breathe his last, been thrown in a tomb for three days and I saw him walking I saw him speaking I experienced him the the apostle John puts it this way I'm not writing the things that we heard about or things that someone talked about we saw him with our eyes we handled him with our hands I experienced this you see you can't change or give to your kids or give to your next generation something that you do not have I can share a religion with the next generation, but I can't share an encounter. I don't know if you're getting this. It's not about going to church. It's about having an encounter with God. It's about knowing that you know that you know that, you know what, you become contagious. See, notice what happens here. Are you still with me? Okay, just give me a few more minutes here before we close. Verse 8 through 10 of chapter 4 of the book of Acts. It's on the screen here. Take a look at this. Then Peter, now the, 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 the people that killed Jesus called Peter and John into the, their, their, their courtroom to deal with them about what's going on. They told them not to preach about Jesus. They told them to be silent about Jesus. They're, they're going to they're gonna beat them if they don't stop talking. And, and these guys that were f- afraid, now, now look what happens. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, not with wine, 
Not with self. Not with ambition. I'm going to stop there. And he said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man whom you crucified, whom God raised from the... You tried to kill him. You tried to destroy him. But God brought him back up again. They're standing in front of the people that can sentence them to death. Something's... You cannot be contagious until you get courageous. When you are embarrassed about what you believe, whether it be in business, whether it be for your teams or whether it be for your family, when you are not courageous about anything, you're never going to be contagious. You have to be courageous about things. Verse 11, stay with me. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. Let me read that again. There is salvation in no one else. I don't care how many doors you knock on. I don't care what kind of karma you put out into the universe. There's only one way. I don't care how much you come to church. There's only one way. That's through Christ Jesus. God has given no other name under heaven which we must be saved. Now, now this, this is where we close. Look at verse 13. Seth, if you'd help me. The members of the council were amazed. We just killed your master, and you guys are talking smack like that to us? You know what we could do to you? They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see they were Ordinary men. You know what's a trip? That word ordinary men in the Greek is idiote. They were idiots. In their mindset, they were idiots. They were untrained. They were just ordinary men. They had no special training. But let me tell you, your training doesn't mean nothing when you've had an encounter with God. They recognize. Someone say recognize. As men who had been with Jesus. And I want you to, they they were amazed when they saw the boldness of these ordinary men. They recognized. They recognized that there was something, there was evidence. Everyone say evidence. See, if you were arrested right now for having a relationship with God, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Based on your lifestyle, based on the way you talk, based on your goals, based on the way you live your life, is there evidence to convict you that you are truly someone that had an encounter with Jesus? It's not based on my my, my checking in or, or how many times I even read the Bible. It's not the you reading the word. It's the word getting into you. They went from hiding in fear to being fearless. They had been with Jesus. The one thing they saw, that these guys had been with Jesus. I can tell who you've been hanging out with by the way you act. I just had a brother tell me this morning, man. He goes, man, I I blew it. 
So what happened, man? He goes, I, I blew it. I just went to see some old friends. I was just hanging out with them and just hung, hung out with them too long. They started drinking. I just, next thing you know, I found myself in that environment. Now, I need you to understand, you, you carry an environment, each, each one of you. John Maxwell says that leadership is influence. I believe leadership is environment. Because every leader that walks into a room carries an atmosphere with him. Every one of you carry an atmosphere. That when you walk in a room, you carry a storm or you carry peace. You carry encouragement or you carry fear. You carry positivity or you carry negativity. And every time you open your mouth, you begin to change the atmosphere with the words you speak. But by, the, by the, the, the demeanor that you carry. But I, I'm telling you, I'm one of the most negative people around. I'm just being straight, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I, 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 I'm a Raider fan. We've learned to be negative. It's just what we've gone through in life. Went through the Randy Moss situation, now the AB situation, and what we're used to it. I sat with a friend this week and he told me, you know what? He goes, I work hard on a daily basis to be positive. He goes, I have to shut the bully up that keeps on talking down to me. As I close this morning, said that there was evidence they had been with Jesus. Everyone say, been with Jesus. That means besides. The Greek word means besides, associated, companion, fellowship. Come on up here, Cisco. This, this, is, this is been with Jesus, what it means. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean I've been with Jesus. And this is what we do when we come to church every week. What up, Jesus? What up, Jesus? Yeah, I, I'm, I was with Jesus. Where well, you're talking to everyone else. Hey, what's up, girl? What's happening? <laughs> you know? You're, he's there. And we think that that's enough. But there was evidence that they had been with Jesus. They could see it in their lives that they, they hung out, they broke bread, they, they were together. Three and a half years, these guys were with Jesus. Morning, afternoon, and night, they were with them. We think one hour a week. And if pastor goes up a little longer than that, but you know I got places to go. Pastor, I got appointments, I, I'm hungry. They got lumpia outside get this over with we put God on a time limit church isn't a place I go church is who I am I carry Christ with me everywhere I take Jesus with me everywhere I, I, some people say Christ is a crutch no he's not a crutch he's a stretcher I can't, I can't even limp without God. 
want you to stand to your feet with me tonight or this morning. What blows me away about this whole story is that you look in Luke or in, in, in the book of Matthew, Jesus is walking on the beach and he sees the disciples mending their nets, cleaning their nets. And he says, Follow me. They had jobs, they had, they had Team Diamond, they were blowing up, Team Lion Star, they were, they were, they had their all kinds of people in their, their groups. They were doing great. Things were going good. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes by and says, follow me. And they left their business. They left it all. Dropped their nets and followed him. And we look at that today and think, wow, that is so cool. Or irresponsible. How these guys walk away from anything? Babe, we're, we're, why aren't you at work? Oh, I quit my job today. What do you mean you quit your job? Yeah, this guy Jesus was walking by. I said, follow him. So I followed him. Well, where's his office? Don't know. He said something about birds have nests and foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. Where, where, what's the 401k plan? What's your retirement? Oh, there, there, is, there is no retirement. We just kind of follow him, and if we need money, he pulls it out of the mouth of a fish. What about, how does he feed you guys? Oh, he just multiplies a couple fish, a couple loaves, and just multiplies it to get everything taken care of. It sounds irresponsible, but I need you to understand that you can't read Matthew's account of the disciples following Jesus without reading Luke's account of them doing so. See, in Luke's account, they fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus tells them, cast your nets on the other side. They do that and they, their business boomed. They've never had such a great day in business. Their stock market more than tripled in one day because of Jesus. So when they pulled their boats to shore, that's when Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. They thought, man, if this dude was able to bless my business with just one word, man, there's not enough fish in the world that could keep me from following him. Because if he could do that in one moment, imagine what he could do with my lifetime. I want to encourage you today. God's not asking for your time. He's asking for all of it. Not asking for, for, for your money. He's asking for all of it. Not asking for your talent. He's asking for all of it. Not just Sundays, all of it, every day. He wants you all. But when you obey and spend time with Jesus, you get those cast your nets on the other side moments of your life. You get the little girl rising from the dead. You get the multiplication of the fishes and loaves where you're doing it and you're like, hey, Dave, I'm pretty good at this. Have you been with Jesus? Is there evidence that you've been with Jesus? What's going to make us contagious as a church is when it's evident that we've been with Jesus. Bow your heads with me right now. Father, we just pray for every person here right now. Lord, we've spent more time in our worry, more time in our doubt, more time in our struggle, 
Lord, we have spent more time, my God, with other things and other interests than we have with you. But God, I recognize this, that when I surrender to you, I don't lose anything. I actually gain everything. Because when I give it up to you, you give me more than I could ever imagine in return. What seems like such a high price really becomes minimal compared to the blessings I get in return. Lord, I pray right now. I might not be able to say silver and gold. I have. But I want to be able to tell the lame person in this world, my God, to rise up and walk in Jesus' name. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.